Welcome back, everybody, to Pop Pop, the Pop Culture Podcast. I am the alien nerd, Joel Reeves, and we are doing, once again, a quarantine call podcast. I'm here with Taylor Salen. Hey, yo. How's it going, everybody? And Lauren Sperling. Hi, friends. Uh, hey, guys. We're on the internet again. <laughs> Woo. We're on the internet, baby, just like every other American right now. Yep. Have you guys been surviving... In your quarantine, all by your loans. So I, I guess not. None of us are all by our loan sums, but it's 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 rough to not to get to go outside. It's challenging, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, miss people that are not in my house. Yeah, luckily we have technology. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Could be worse, right? Could be worse. Very true. I'm just I'm just such a social person, and I would love to go to a bar right now. Mm-hmm. Just like spread those germs everywhere. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when I when I drink at my house, it's looked down upon. When I drink out at a bar, it's like you're hanging out with friends. <laughs> Dude, freaking a lot more people are drinking right now, though. I can guarantee you that. Oh, yeah, 100%. it's more social socially acceptable now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I read somewhere. I don't remember what the specific s- statistic was. I think it's like forty or. 50 alcohol sales up have gone up like 40 or 50 percent since the uh, quarantine happened oh my gosh just like well that is insane that's uh, funny i mean it, it it is but i'm not surprised like america was was a country that was uh that was founded on on being able to get shit face drunk whenever you want so <laughs> hell yeah dog uh taylor before we get into it roll me those sweet smooth jams wooka wooka quarantine wooka wooka there it is <laughs> uh okay well, well um yeah what's everyone <laughs> been watching we have a lot of we've had a lot of time i'm sure we've all been just watching television what's what's been what's been on your list lauren you want to go first sure um i'll save what i think we've all seen by now for last um, but I just finished binge watching uh Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Okay. Yeah. I'm really Our, liking it. The homies on it. I know. I didn't even realize for a few episodes into it that someone who was in uh one of Joel's old scripts or whatever, uh is in it. I was like, this guy looks so familiar. And then I looked it up and it oh, was Michael, Michael Thomas. Thomas Grant. Grant. From Adam and Paul's to the whole entire apartment complex. Oh, wow, that's crazy. It was very exciting, and he's killing it on the show, so that's super awesome. Um, yeah, I really like it. It's like uh, what I wanted Crazy Ex-Girlfriend to be, I guess, which I'm sure neither of you have watched either of these shows. I've seen a lot of Crazy um, Ex-Girlfriend. Thank you very much. Okay, well, I did. it's not your normal show that you would be into. So, um, Yeah, uh, so it's like musical very musical theater it's choreographed by mandy moore not the pop singer the choreographer who i really really like um from so you think you can dance and stuff so that's cool 
Um, and the cast is just really great. Lauren Graham guest stars on it often. Skylar Astin, Jane Levy. Uh, yeah, if you like musicals, um, especially, I really recommend it. But they also um, tackle a lot of hard topics um, within that, like, really well. Um, so it's it's fun, but it also has some levity to it. Um, I also watched Onward, finally. Hmm. I loved it. I don't know if you both have seen it yet. Um, I, I know Joel mentioned it, but I haven't had a chance to watch. It. I mean, I have had a chance to watch it. I just haven't gotten around to it. <laughs> he's had he's had many many chances. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna get um, get around to it soon. Yeah, but without spoilers, I thought it was fun. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily my favorite Pixar movie still, um, but it was definitely it was a fun ride for sure, um, and I would recommend that as well. Um, and then oh, I think the only other thing I oh I started a new show today called Motherland Fort Salem. It's a freeform show about um, yeah, I've seen that like witches. Basically, another faction of the um, military is all witch based, and they help like fight the wars and stuff. I don't know that I love it. I watched the first episode. Um, I may watch another episode or two. It's not my favorite, um, but I thought it was an interesting concept. So check it out. Um, and then I think the only other thing I watched that I can think of was Tiger King, which okay. I know you guys both watched. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. yeah we, we can get to that in, uh, in a second. Yeah. Um, oh, but also I did a hundred percent another game. Oh, nice. Which one was it? Um, Cadence of Hyrule. I've heard of that. Um, it's a crossover between, I think it's cryptid no god i can't remember the original game uh i want to say it's crypto the necro necro dancer i think mm. and zelda um yeah. so it's like a beat based game um it's fun nice. yeah we we had a lot of fun we, we finished it the other night so like a like a turn-based game almost type thing is what you're saying um no, like you have to move on the beat of the music. Oh, interesting! Wow, that's yeah. fascinating. Like and like kill monsters on the beat like and stuff. Wow. Yeah, it was cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I've still not one hundred percent at a single game. So no, dude. Go me. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I guess I've been watching a few things. Um, I uh only a couple couple of new things really. Not not too many new things. A lot of a lot of old stuff actually. Um, but I did pick up uh, the Rise of Skywalker on Blu-ray. Um, oh, yeah, I did that. I did that Best Buy curbside pickup. So uh, no way. Like, yeah, well, dude, you can't even go into the store now. Um, at least the one over yeah, by yeah, me. Yeah. So you have to order online, and then they send you a thing. And when you show up, you you check in, and then they like walk over and they're like make you put your ID up to the windshield. They look look at it to make sure it's you, and then they're like roll down your back window, and then they just like put it in the back seat, and then that's it. So it's really interesting, um, and uh, yeah. So I, I rewatched that, which was uh, uh, you cut out a lot there. I assume I assume you said you, they put it in your back seat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they they put it in your back seat, and then you're you know you're you're off uh, to the races at that point. Um, so yeah, I rewatched the movie. I still have very mixed feelings about it. Um, I think definitely after like a couple more rewatches, I'll probably come to terms with like what it is. You know what I mean? And as opposed to like what I hoped it would be. Yeah. Um, what is it? 
<laughs> I, I mean, you're asking the wrong person because that movie freaking baffles me still in a lot of respects. There's still a lot of stuff I like, but uh, point being is that I bought the Blu-ray mostly for the uh, making of documentary, which I heard mm. was really, really excellent. It's this two-hour, a uh, little over two hours, basically, a production documentary. And it's it's interesting because it intercuts footage, uh, making of footage from like the original trilogy with the making of footage on the Rise of Skywalker and, you know, a little oh, wow. bit of Force Awakens as well. So that's, that's cool. Yeah, that's really fun. And a lot of that stuff has never really been seen before, um, at least um, in terms of large audiences and, and Blu-ray releases and stuff like that. So so that was really neat. I would recommend it. I will say that I wish the um, the documentary went a little bit more into the not the troubles because it was certainly a troubled production, but like just more of the challenges of the production mm-hmm. than anything else. And it's, it kind of makes everything feel like a little bit hunky dory. Uh, when in reality that production was pretty freaking chaotic, uh, by all accounts. Yeah. So, um, so I wish that there would have been a little bit more of that, but, uh, but it is what it is. Uh, there's also a couple featurettes and stuff that are worth checking out. So if, if you like the rise of Skywalker, um, it's definitely a must buy. If you were so, so on the movie, it's, I think it's still worth checking out for the documentary alone. If um, you like the rise of Skywalker, can you email us and tell us what the movie is? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, there's, there's that. I also, uh, been watching a few old things, like I said, on Netflix, uh, watch this, rewatch a film called beyond the mat. Have you guys ever heard of this? It's a wrestling documentary. No. No. Oh, it's really, really interesting. It was it was kind of the um revolutionary in a lot of respects. It was the first real glimpse that 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 the average viewer got in behind the scenes of the WWE or you know, back then it was the WWF. And it basically mm-hmm. follows three story uh, well, I guess four storylines. Um and it's essentially it's a day in the life of all these pro wrestlers, you know, and it sort of goes behind the curtain and it's it's really fascinating. It still holds up uh, even twenty years later. So I would recommend that if um, even if you're not into wrestling, it's still kind of fascinating to see, you know, how these people live their lives and stuff. So um, I also watched Indiana, rewatched Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade for the millionth time. Still love <laughs> that movie. Uh, my wife, Sarah, had actually never seen it. So I was like, oh, there's no better what? reason to watch it. I know. Right. That's what I said. I was like, come on now. Um, so, yeah, I just uh, I think that, that, that uh, the chemistry between Harrison Ford and Sean Connery in that movie is still magical. Um, and then let's see. I. <laughs> Since it was the pandemic, Netflix has been uh, like recommending a lot of end of the world type shit, ironically <laughs> enough. And so I watched, a, did like a double feature of two sort of post-apocalyptic or apocalyptic movies, whatever you want to call them. Uh, so I, I, I rewatched Deep Impact. Have you guys seen this movie? It's like oh, sort of the, oh, yeah, yeah. sort of the Armageddon knockoff. It's like the more scientifically accurate, quote unquote, version yeah. of Armageddon. Yeah. Um, and it's not terrible. It's, uh, it's definitely a little cheesy. Um, but I think like Morgan Freeman as the president might be the best presidential casting choice in any movie ever, just because it's, it's, he, he just a perfect president. Um, I yeah. wish we had Morgan Freeman as a president. I right do know. Literally when I was watching the movie, I was like, man, I really wish we had a, a president like this right now. Um, <laughs> not to go too deep into the political side of things, but, uh, uh, but after that, uh, the core popped up. It's a 2002 film. Uh, that's basically about the the core of the Earth stops spinning, and so these oh uh, this group of people has they to like ha- dig to it, right? They build a drill that like digs to the yeah. core, and their plan is to like explode like several nu- nuclear bombs in the core 
to like to get restart it, it. yeah to get it restarted and it's yeah it's pretty ridiculous but it's i was surprised there's a lot of uh big name actors in this i mean you have oh, aaron, yeah. aaron eckhart before he was really a leading man in a leading man role you have uh, wow. Stan, stanley tucci mm-hmm. um you know a bunch of other little bit players the that Tucci's can't even there. come to mind but um yeah i haven't god i forgot about that movie we watched it in like middle school science class yeah. on like movie days <laughs> yeah well what it's it's, it's yeah. funny because that's one of those movies that i had always seen a poster for when i was younger and i never got around to watching it for whatever reason and i was like screw mm-hmm. it you know i'm not gonna actually i knew it wasn't gonna be great but i was like eh, get my post you know post-apocalyptic fix in um even though it's not necessarily that but yeah it's it's kind of ridiculous um and and so i don't know if that's your thing it might be worth checking out I'm looking Definitely. at I'm looking at photos from this movie and it does not look familiar to it's, me it's, whatsoever. It's pretty wild, dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just um, the script is not the best. Let's just put it that way. I do like Aaron Eckhart though. It, yeah. uh, he's definitely one of the redeemable parts. And also, uh, now it came to mind, uh, Hillary Swank is also in the film. That's um, right. So oh, that, that's so yeah. funny. I just yeah. watched a movie with Hillary Swank in it as well. What was it? It was called The Hunt. Oh, oh hey we'll get to that in a second yeah. <laughs> nice dang i should have held off on that um <laughs> uh and then i also watched a uh, altered carbon uh season hmm. one episode one i haven't completely you know committed to the series yet but i remember starting this series um back when it came out i think it was like 2017 or something like that and for whatever reason i, I never followed through on it and on this rewatch i was kind of realized why hmm. and uh it's basically that joel kinnaman like has no chemistry whatsoever um or charisma for that matter um with anybody and um and so you know that's definitely going to be tough for me to get through the first season but the part of the reason why i wanted to start my rewatch was to get to the second season with with anthony mackie in the lead so Hmm. um i don't know take that as you will it's fine it's like a knockoff blade runner with like a few different changes but um you know hopefully it'll it'll be worth me suffering through the first season um and then on uh finally to close things out i've been playing a lot of games obviously i'm really really close to that 100 percent on gta 5 i'm literally at 99 percent right now nice. um so I'm, I'm very excited about that because i've been working to that for like almost a month now um on and off but i bought the uh, resident evil 3 remake that just oh, came out I, um it's it's short um, <laughs> for sixty bucks, it's it's really short. Um, it's it's great. I mean, it's basically the same thing as, as that you'll get with Resident Evil Two, the recent remake that came out last year. Um, it's you know uh, obviously based on Resident Evil Three. Nemesis was the original title. Um, a lot of the mechanics are there. The graphics on the w- they basically built a new engine for these games called the RE engine. Everything looks beautiful in RE Engine. The fire stand for Resident Evil. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. Um, (laughs) But uh, but the fire effects are really impressive. What they do in this, I mean, they really show off a lot of the fire effects. But um, but yeah, I mean, the whole the whole playthrough and this is me taking my time took about five or six hours. I did a speed run. I did a speed run through the game last night. I did it in two hours, Um, or not last night, uh, two nights ago. You beat and, the whole game in two hours. Yeah, but that's a, like that's like a speed run where you just basically like run through. And I also unlock the unlimited run, rocket launcher, so I was just like murking fools all throughout the game. Oh, basically, okay. <laughs> that, that um, makes more sense. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, so it's it's fun. I don't know if it's worth the sixty bucks. I will say that you do get like this this multiplayer game called um, Resident Evil Resistance or something like that. And that seems kind of interesting. You basically have like four survivors that are that are banding together to try to break out of this facility. 
And then there's a fifth player that um, that is sort of like in the control booth trying to keep them from escaping the facility. So you can like unleash zombies on people and like lay traps and, mm. you know, send dogs, you know, zombie dogs after them and stuff like that. So uh, that's pretty fun. But I haven't really had a chance to dig into that yet. Um, so, yeah, definitely a little bit of buyer beware on that one, though, because um, if it was 40 bucks, I would have been perfectly content. Um, but having paid 64, it was just like, well, I'm going to have to play this like three or four times to really get my money's worth. So video games. Um, yeah. Video games. <laughs> um, yeah. And then of course the thing we're all going to talk about. So, uh, what do you got going on, Joel? Um, I got access to a friend's extensive Plex server, um, that has pretty much, if you don't know what Plex is, it's like an online media server that a lot of, um, We'll call them not media pirates. Um, that's where they download most of their shows and movies to. Mm-hmm. And I got access to one that's just been basically downloading every episode of every series of anything since fucking forever. Oh, wow. Um, and so I was going back and watching like old episodes of like Attack of the Show on G4. Wow. Um, yeah, it was really weird to see like Chris Hardwick when he was like a fucking child. Um <laughs> And then they had like a bunch of Mythbusters that I've been watching a lot of that um, just to like reminisce. I've got, I've been very bored lately, Um, but yeah. And then I watched the hunt, which was that film that was like not released uh, famously because of the content of it. And then when they finally decided to release it, everybody went into quarantine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, It was mediocre. Yeah, it was it was it was just a fancier purge movie, which is like, I don't know, they made it seem like art house. That's why it was banned. And it was like, Mm -hmm. no, it was just uh, people killing each other. Yeah, it kind of seemed like a crossover between purge and like get out. Yeah, so it's supposed to be like. This or so like there's not really many ways to explain it without like spoiling the movie. But, like, there's this secret society of rich people that have been... Now, I, I can't even... Yeah. I, I can't yeah. even keep going without, like... So, yeah. But, so, the premise of the movie is what, so like, what, what, like, the tagline is or whatever, like, what it's about from, if you can see it from, from the outside, is that rich people kill uh, these rednecks, and then the rednecks decide to fight back. Um, yeah. And it was supposed to be, like, there's, like, twists... You know, it's not like a general type of that film. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I just found that the twists were um, not cheap. Great. <laughs> not yeah, kind of cheap, and it 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 was exactly that kind of film oh. that that they were like trying to make it not. So, yeah. I yeah. mean, I was high while I watched it, so I, I was like, "Fuck yeah, people killing each other." <laughs> um, but other than that, it wasn't anything special. Yeah, I've I've heard it's funny because there was a lot of buzz coming out originally when this movie first was about to premiere in theaters before all this stuff happened. Yeah, and then once it went to VOD, I saw a lot of people just um, saying, you know, like you, you're saying that it's basically a mediocre film and stuff like that. How did you uh, like uh, Betty Gilpin's performance? Because I've actually heard that that's one of the highlights of the movie. Um, I don't know if that was her real accent. Um but I didn't think it was very good. Got you. So okay. if it is her real accent, then I'm sorry that you sound like that. <laughs> um, Probably not. I don't think it that, is, but yeah. she's not like a, like a hick. Um, 
other than that, if she did her own stunts, other than that, the fights, like she did really good, like physically in the movie. Yeah. Um, the performance itself. I mean, it's hard to give a nuanced performance when it's just like, I'm all kill you. No, I'm all kill you. And then, uh, <laughs> that was like the whole movie. Um, yeah. But if she did all the action scenes, which it kind of looked like, her and Hillary Swank have a really dope fight scene in it, and uh, it goes pretty long. And if she does all of those stunts, then I applaud her in that uh, part of her performance. Yeah, definitely. Nice. And then I watched season two of Killing Eve because I mm-hmm. was way behind on that show. Um, love it still. Great show. Great premise. Great great acting great story and i just found out that the next episode comes out in three days so mm, nice. i was really it was a really good time to catch up on the last season apparently yeah <laughs> absolutely shit um and then i don't remember when the last time we talked maybe i said that i've been watching D- dave the little dicky show i think you did I yeah so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the last premiered. yeah the last episode that came out last week was really fucking good uh i like that fx does all these shows that tackle hard subjects like when you're the worst was on they were tackling like alcoholism and like ptsd from war and depression and you know and all this shit and the last episode of little dicky i'm sorry it's called dave um the last episode <laughs> of dave um one of his hype men who's like this like gangster black dude he's like you know what i got bipolar too man just because i'm a gangster doesn't mean i'm not sad and like it goes out there and like it goes through his life of like what it's been like to like have bipolar depression and stuff. Wow. Um, That's cool. So just always got to give mad props to FX for like putting out those kinds of shows and like talking about what's real. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then uh, my girlfriend and I have been watching Terrace House, which is like this this like Japanese version of like Love Island kind of, but it's like <laughs> of course you have. <laughs> they just put a bunch of Japanese people and sometimes foreigners in a house that they pay for like uh, food and cars and stuff. And then it's just like how they live their lives. I don't know. It's just like a Japanese fucking reality show. But <laughs> so that's been fun. And then, yeah, Tiger King. Yeah. Because we've all been watching Tiger King. Yep. Yeah. Even my grandparents have been watching Tiger King. Oh, really. my gosh. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That's how freaking popular it is. That's ridiculous. Yeah. What'd you guys think? Um, I thought it was a lot of the same people fighting. Yeah. Like I know they made it this big thing, like everybody versus Carol, but it's like, they were all keeping animals in fucking cages. Oh yeah, totally. And I think, I think all the, like I was going to say all the humans, all the characters in this movie, which basically they're all human. Um, are pretty much all reprehensible in, in their own separate yet distinct ways, you know? And um, I think that's what's so fascinating about the show, though, too, is is how those people draw you in. Um, just like they draw their fucking weirdos in with them, you know? It's like, <laughs> yeah. For me, it, like, what I don't understand is how <laughs> anyone can have watched the show and come out on anyone's side. Like, I've seen that like Cardi B and Kim Kardashian are like trying to help Joe get like his sentence overturned or whatever. And I'm I'm just like, no one looks good off of this show. Like, honestly, the husband's stuff aside, like Carol probably comes out the best as far as like 
animal activism goes. Like yeah. she messed up in the past, but she appears to have changed her ways as far as that goes. Um, considering that they pretty much only like dig into her, the possible killing of her husband for a majority of the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the fact that anyone is like, oh yeah, this guy shouldn't be in jail. I'm like, you're an idiot and clearly didn't watch the show. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of that was set up by Jeff Lowe, though. What? The fact that he was in jail? Yeah, I think a lot of okay. like the like the murder for hire thing. I think a lot of that yeah. was like a setup. Sure, well, sure. But yeah. Joe is still a terrible person who horribly abused animals and killed so many animals. So like maybe he's in jail for the wrong crime. Still should be in jail. Let alone yeah, the animals. Sure. I mean, he freaking abused people, you know, like yeah, those two true. guys too. So it's like there are so many layers to to the fucked upness of of joe exotic as a human being which is really funny that you mentioned that because i don't know if you guys heard about this but uh but yesterday at um at trump's trump's daily stupid ass press conference that he's been having uh someone asked him about tiger king and said hey would you be willing to give joe exotic a pardon and he was just kind of looked at the person like they were crazy and he was like yeah we'll look into that what the <laughs> and i was just like i cannot believe someone's like bringing this up at at, at a time like this like ugh. yeah one of his uh that the the straight husband he had named Travis that kid was from yeah. fucking San Clemente dude I know yeah yeah back down south where I'm from that's wild classic classic California surfer dude then his the last name Maldonado sounded so familiar to me but I couldn't like place anybody that I knew with that name it's yeah somewhat common I know a few people with that last name but. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I just uh I just think that this is the, the this in a lot of ways this show reminded me of maybe not to such a such a like sort of thoughtful or deep extent, but it reminded me very much of uh making a murder in the sense that it's one of those shows where you can't once you start watching it and and it really hooks you in, like it's 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 uh it's hard to stop watching the show because these characters are so fascinating and and the world is 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 so interesting that 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 it that it sort of uh um encapsulates you know what i mean this sort of world of exotic uh animal breeding um and and you know whatever you want to i don't know how you what the you know the particular name is for it but um yeah it's just it's really interesting i've seen a lot of people um say that this is just like fluff entertainment um, that there's nothing of sub significance or, you know, no redeemable characters or this and that. And I, I see what they're saying to a certain extent, but I kind of disagree. So I wanted to hear what you guys think on that. Uh, I mean, it's pretty topic. good for animal rights, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I would say so. I would say, I would say maybe PETA comes good on to top say, here. Like, not, not, uh, by fucking tigers. Yeah. Like, uh, I watched the John Oliver piece on the one America news network or whatever the fucking, mm -hmm. the, right-wing propaganda oan yeah. um and they were interviewing don jr and his takeaway from tiger king was i didn't know tigers was so cheap i could have had a tiger this whole time yeah and i was like of course that's what your oh dumb gosh. piece of shit brain came out with on that fucking topic yeah um so yeah i think like the anti-owning tiger establishment looked good absolutely yeah yeah, um, that's what <laughs> when we watched it. That's what my boyfriend was saying. Was like they actually made Peto look good, um, <laughs> which is not easy to do. But yeah, like I said, I don't. 
think the point of it was to have movable characters. I think the point of it was to like advocate for the animals. Yeah. Um, and that's why, like, because I've seen articles about how like they didn't really show a lot of the animal bo- abuse and stuff like that. But I think, I mean, for me personally, I wouldn't have been able to handle the show if they showed more than they already did. Exactly. And I think that's why, like, and for me personally, they showed enough to show like just the top layer of what they were doing and like knowing that like that's all i need to know that they're terrible humans yeah totally Um, i agree it would have been it would have been too much because even when i recommended those like hey lauren or when i recommended you guys you're like i'm kind of worried about the whole animal rights thing and i was like i was worried about that too but luckily it just it kind of glosses over it in in the right ways so luckily that's you know um yeah that's a benefit yeah I think my favorite character and maybe favorite part of the entire show was when they were talking, first talking about Doc Antle's wives and everyone had like a separate answer. They're like, he's got like three girlfriends. He's got like yeah. nine wives. And that's that one guy. His answer is just, I don't fucking care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's get that. I get that, buddy. Uh, well, what's hilarious to me about this show is that like the, who, the people who are normally would be the fuck most fucked up people in a story are actually like the best people in this story. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the weirdest, yeah. most unnormal people are actually the normal ones in the story. And and that's, you know, obviously another fascinating element. Um, I think that definitely Doc Antle is is probably um the most fascinating. I mean, Carol's is is I think Carol's episode was was the most interesting because that's the moment where I was like, oh my God, what is happening here? This is insane, you know? <laughs> um, but Doc Antle is, I feel like he's one of those characters that they could have spent the whole docuseries just on him and it could have been. Yeah, he runs a fucking sex cult. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's 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 basically Scientology with tigers is the way I looked at it on a much, much smaller scale. <laughs> it was that's fucking funny. wild. Yeah, and and just the moment you see this guy walking around his little township on a on an elephant, it's just like, oh my god, there's so much yeah. you know here. There's it's, a lot uh, to unpack there. Yeah, uh, it's funny. I've seen a lot of fan castings and stuff online already too for people who could who, who would play. Oh yeah, Joe Exotic, Carol, and of course Doc Antle. And I think oh, the yeah, best one that, that I've seen so far for Doc Antle is uh, is Tim Robbins. Um, oh, that's funny. Yeah, I thought I was like, oh my god, that would be perfect. Well, we um, already have casting for I Carol. Thought we Will Ferrell. Yeah, yeah, Ken, that'd be interesting. Ken, right? Well, that's that's for a TV series. I I was talking specifically for a film, like a movie. Uh, oh, uh, oh, okay. Which you know is going to get made in addition to a TV series, like um, yeah. a scripted series that is. And I heard they they actually announced today that they're doing a. Um, like some sort of follow-up series basically to this so yeah i was just gonna bring that up um netflix announced today that um they're doing a basically an after show called the tiger king and i hosted Mm -hmm. by joel McHale. um and he said it features brand new interviews with um ranky joshua dial john finley saf uh eric cowie rick kirkman and jeff and lauren lowe and it premieres april 12th on netflix yeah, I, I also uh, I also love the character. Well, he's I mean he's less of a character than the other guys, but Rick, the filmmaker, like I just love yeah. the way he talks and the way he's so matter of fact about. It's just it was cracking me up. I was like, even this guy could have a freaking series about it. One of the things I read, and I don't know if it's one hundred percent true, but um, but maybe it is. Um, is apparently you know the um I guess this is a a, a 
light minor spoiler. I don't know. Um, you know, the, the sort of uh, studio gets burnt down and the alligator pens and all that stuff. Mm, I saw yeah. somewhere online that, that apparently those were Michael Jackson's alligators um, that he had a bit before. Really? Yeah. Neverland Ranch oh, wow. or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, it's just so funny that if that is true, like I see why they kept it out, but like, it's just another, it's just another crazy, like that wasn't even crazy enough to like make it into this documentary. You know what I mean? Like, in a, yeah. again, in a normal world, that would be like a wild detail. But, um, but yeah, it's just this, this, this thing is insane. Um, I, I don't know if like they're talking about making like it has a potential to, to, um, to be taken into a season two. Would you guys want to see this story continued or, or was this enough for you? I don't know what, I mean, unless he, Unless he gets out of jail, I don't really know what they're gonna. I, what's it gonna be about? Yeah, or unless it's taking everyone else down as well, who deserves to be there with him. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. even, or even maybe but... his his appeal, kind of like how they did the second season of of Making a Murderer, for instance, where they sort of followed the. Um, yeah, I don't want to really give this guy any more attention. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that's kind of the thing the where problem. it's like, again, see, if they were to do a, some sort of follow-up, I'd be like, do it on Doc Antle. Even though, like, he's receiving so much pushback from this yeah. um, that that uh, I don't know if he'd ever want to have let a documentary crew in his place ever again. But uh, Probably not. Yeah, I mean, if it was me, I wouldn't. But, um, <laughs> hey, you know. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's it on Tiger King, unless you guys have anything else you want to add. Not particularly, no. Um, but speaking of Netflix, Ozark season three came out, so mm. I got to, I got to catch up with that because yeah. I was a big fan of the first two seasons. So mm. that's probably what I'll be watching until next episode. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I need to. I need to. I've watched like the first three or four episodes, and for whatever reason, I fell off. Um, and uh, yeah, I've I've heard amazing things about it, especially the third season. I've heard the third season is the best of them, uh, the, the series so far. So we'll see. Um, Dope. Well, I guess what do we have? Uh, just news then. Yeah. What do we got for the first news piece? Um. Well, I mean, there's not too much stuff, but there was a a couple big uh, developments that happened. Um. I guess you know, last time we talked a little bit about sort of what's going on in the industry and 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 how we're reacting and all the things that are shifting and changing. And uh, you know, the at, at, by the last time we talked, I think there were maybe. Three or four temples left throughout the uh, throughout the year, which was like Top Gun, Maverick, Tenant, uh, Tenet, uh, and and a couple others. Um, and basically, all those movies have moved now, with the exception of Tenet. I think that's the only mm-hmm. major summer blockbuster left um, that has yet to be rescheduled, and that also includes all the Marvel movies. Um, yeah. They basically and I heard the shows as well, right? They didn't make any official announcements uh, on that, which we, we can obviously get into that. But I think that that is um, probably going to have to be shifted, much like the movies. So, um, so yeah, what are your guys' thoughts on this? I guess uh, Black Widow, I guess I should probably pull up the list prepared as always. Um, I think Black Widow was was redated to um, August. November. November, that's right. Yeah. And then Eternals took Shang-Chi's place and so on and so forth. Yeah, basically, I think it pushed everything back a slot is what it seems like yeah yeah and and uh um it's basically they had a they were uh, for the next two years i think they basically have a movie coming out every three months um so essentially everything's been pushed back by three months from its original date 
The uh, shows are going to have to get pushed back, too, if they tie into the movies. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously the, it's going to be a loose tie-in where it's like, um, you know, the movies themselves where it's like they have, sort of have their, their through lines that go all the way through to the Avengers-style team-up, but they also have their individual storylines that are just more focused within that um, sort of thing, you know? Um, no, and I no, think that's... right. But if they tie it in in any way, shape, or form where there's any kind of a spoiler, yeah. You, you, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, yeah. and the, the the other thing you have to remember too is that the none of, most of these shows haven't even shot yet. So you know, right. if they were shot, that would be a That's different true. story. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, you also have to remember that Falcon and the Winter Soldier was 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 delayed. <laughs> uh, uh, I think even before this thing started because they were supposed yeah. to shoot in like Puerto Rico or something like that. Um, and they couldn't because of the virus. And so, I mean, that's the first one on the slate, and they haven't even finished it yet. I mean, maybe they yeah. finished, you know, a couple episodes, but um, the I think it was supposed to be six episodes, right? If I'm not mistaken, um, for that one. But uh, but yeah, so you know, they still have some work to do. I don't know. I think this is probably a good thing at the end of the day, uh, because Marvel Studios, the the thing we've learned is the more time they have, that usually the better the product is. Oh um, yeah, they're gonna spend this time. Fucking yeah. reworking everything, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, reworking stuff. You know, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're they're not gonna pull a Kathleen Kennedy. Which, by the way, apparently the Obi Wan series was officially pushed to twenty twenty two. I believe. Wow. Yeah, and they hired a new head writer. Yeah, and so they're basically. I think they're just probably starting from scratch. It sounds like on that project, but uh, <laughs> it does indeed sound yeah. like that. But I'm hey, glad dude. you brought that up because I was just gonna say I hope that uh, Lucasfilm takes a chapter out of Marvel's book during this to relook at everything before they start production again yeah absolutely and and you know obviously they're it seems like they're kind of just focusing on the mandalorian right now i know that's already right. gone into production i don't know how that's going to be affected by all this uh, but that's a little easier to shoot just because they have the whole uh, like stagecraft element of it mm -hmm. i don't know if you guys have, have we talked about that or have you guys heard of this uh, stagecraft technology they're using yeah Vaguely, yeah. It's so it's basically for those who those of you who don't know, it's uh, essentially, um, so basically, stagecraft is like a uh, a big three D volume uh, that has LED screens around the walls and can essentially simulate a virtual environment, um, pretty much anywhere, any way that they want. So, for instance, uh, I would say like ninety five. I think it was ninety or ninety five percent of the Mandalorian uh, was created using digital backgrounds or digital sets. So essentially they have some foreground elements, but even like the cantina in the opening scene of the show where he, uh, you know, chops the dude in half with the door and all that stuff, most of that set didn't exist in the real world. And what's really special and unique about this is that you can do camera movement. So like if you're dolling from left to right or pushing in, the background w is synchronized to the camera so that mm -hmm. it adjusts accordingly so that the perspective is always correct. Um, cool. so that's really interesting to see how they're going to, they're going to take that, you know, and obviously expand on it. I'm curious if the future Star Wars movies will start doing this though too, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that will be pretty interesting. I don't know. That was a big tangent, but, uh, but no, the fact that the background of the, of the screens is able to move with the camera is like is the coolest part of the whole thing. It's pretty insane, like, what they're able to do, like, what the technology allows. I mean, obviously, it's it's yeah. still new, um, and they're still figuring out, you know, anytime there's new technology, there's a little bit of a learning curve, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty insane. I would recommend anybody who's who's even interested in that sort of idea, 
uh, to to definitely go you know search YouTube and all that stuff. There's a, a bunch of videos about uh, stagecraft and it's really fascinating. So, um, but back to the Disney Plus stuff. Um, I definitely think that this whole shift will obviously push. You see, the the, the interesting part is that like there Disney is really really pushing. Disney Plus right now for obvious reasons. So I'm curious if they're almost going to like, I don't want to say force Marvel to adjust, but like try to figure out a happy medium between being able to get these shows out on Disney Plus as soon as possible while they can still work on the theatrical stuff. You know what I mean? Because as it is yeah. right now, we're, we're, we're looking at probably July or August at the earliest. I think the, the, the earliest release date that's been scheduled or rescheduled at this point is like late August. So Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know how that's gonna work out, but we'll see. It's gonna be a weird fucking year, man. Just in mm-hmm. for for media in general. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Um, we're gonna be rewatching a lot of old classics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, now's a now's a better time than ever to to go back through and and binge the uh the MC the MCU the first three phases. You know what I mean? Get back in. Yeah, the I guess mood. I have a yeah, I guess I haven't watched it all the way through from the beginning since it came out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I haven't either. Yeah. It's not um a bad time. It's there's a lot of stuff in there, obviously, especially when you watch all those and then you go into endgame, you're like, Oh my god, it's just so packed with stuff. <laughs> um but I guess that's a good thing. Uh so I guess on the tip, do you guys have anything else on the on the Marvel no. release dates? There's I mean, there's not really too much to speculate on at this point because nothing has really changed. Everything's just been sort of shifted. Um, you know, yeah, we're just gonna so. have to wait even longer for that next sweet, yeah. sweet Marvel injection. <laughs> but yeah, but that's okay. I mean, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that's okay because again, it, it's we're gonna get better quality movies. So I'd I'd prefer to wait um, the extra three months than to get like a movie that's like slightly subpar. So yeah, I think that's they true. were. I think they had already given themselves enough time, though. You know what I mean? It's like it's only gonna get better, but I still would have liked it sooner. <laughs> Yes, but the thing you also have to remember is before they weren't making TV shows. So now it's like even more of a broad spectrum where they're sort of having to put more tentacles out there, you know, so to speak, yeah. at the same time. So if anything, hopefully it'll help them get that sort of that workflow um, even more refined and, and solidified for the future. Yeah. Hey, what about this rumor of the uh, the 90s X-Men cartoon getting a sequel or some sort of a reworking um, on Disney Plus? That could be cool. Did you not see that, Taylor? Uh, no, I'm just trying to. <laughs> I, I would. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I'm just trying to sparse my thoughts because I'd. I'd, I'd heard it, but I hadn't really given too much thought because it was just a rumor. Um, right. So they had like they had released X Men avatars for Disney Plus that which they hadn't had before. Yeah. And it was the '90s X Men style, but they'd redrawn them to look more like modern. Yeah. And a lot of people were theorizing, like, well, why would you do new artwork for a show that old? Like, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Um, so a lot of people are thinking like it's because they're going to be be reusing these characters in a new series. Um, I'd be which... it would be that'd be really interesting. Like if they just if they just took like new designs and and updated uh, technology and graphics and for the visuals and stuff and literally just remade like the series. That'd be really really fascinating. It'd be really cool, man. They tackle yeah. a lot of the really important X Men character arcs and like film arcs, and they've done them better so far than the movies have like the apocalypse arc and the 
Dark Phoenix arc in that cartoon series is far superior to the movies that we got. Yeah, yeah. Which is probably what I would imagine that Marvel's going to sort of try to be emulating when they actually take it on in live action form, but I guess that's an entirely different conversation. It's also a ways yeah. away. Yeah, especially now. I hope yeah, not, but... We're going to be old by then. I know, right? <laughs> Hey, as long as we can we can live to see him do to see him do it right, that's all I care. Not to say it was done wrong before, but to to realize the full potential of what they can do now, you know? Taking yeah. our children to this and being like, now after you've seen the good, I'm gonna sit you down and force you to see where I've come from. <laughs> this is what I had to see first. Oh man, show them that Be first X Men movie. Yeah. All right, what's next on the list? Um, well, I guess uh, just to follow that up uh, on the movie theater tip. Uh, we basically learned this week that AMC Theaters is kind of in a bit of a hot spot right now um, yeah. in terms of their business prospects. And essentially they were downgraded uh, by the S&P, meaning that uh, their sort of company or their net worth or their stock or whatever it is, their liquidity um, is... Their money. Their, yeah, yeah. Is, is essentially... Um, being downgraded and it's kind of uh, a sign that bankruptcy might be in the future of AMC sooner rather than later. Now, do we know why this is compared to other movie theater chains like Regal or Pacific or anything like that? Like um, why, why well, specifically them? Yeah, There's... I believe it was because they spent so much money launching A-List, wasn't it? Great. That is, that yeah. is, definitely uh, a factor but not the only factor so basically right. amc is the biggest movie chain in the world um yeah. and, and obviously america as a result um as such they also have one of the biggest uh, debt burdens basically amc and i don't know the specific numbers because i don't have them on the top of right in front of me but i, I read this earlier that uh amc basically has about roughly five billion in debt right there yeah and there's a lot of reasons for that, which which I'll explain here in a second. But essentially, um, out of all that debt, they essentially their 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 uh, I believe it's their net revenue. I can't remember if it's gross or net, but their revenue is somewhere in the 250 to 500 million every year. So yeah. you know you're basically working at like a, a 900 percent you know loss or something like that at that point. And, you know, in times like these, that's really hard to to do. So what AMC has been doing for years is basically they've been buying up uh, a lot of chains, you know, older theaters, outdated theaters and converting them to theirs. Um, you know, that happened near um, my old hometown uh, where my mom lives. Um, you know, they, they bought this old theater complex that went out of business and they renamed it an AMC Classic. And that was it, you know. Um, but they've also been upgrading theaters, too. So they've been putting in, you know, the plush seats. They've been putting in the the IMAX screens. And this has been happening for years and years now, you know, for probably five or ten years. Uh, 3D was a factor there for a while. They had to upgrade oh, yeah. all their projectors for 3D, mm -hmm. you know. So there's a lot of infrastructure work. And then you put on the added bonus of, of AMC A-List, which, you know, when they've launched that, they knew that they were going to be – um, in the red for for a very long time before they actually saw a profit of it. But it's one of those things of seeing, uh, you know, sort of taking the the short term losses, you know, for the long term gains. And it's just ironic because 
AMC was literally on the cusp of finally being profitable with A-list and then all this stuff happened. So it's really like this brewing storm of a lot of a lot of um you know, a lot of debt um not, you know, necessarily a whole ton of liquidity like one of the things I learned is that AMC doesn't own a lot of their buildings. They actually rent or mortgage most of their buildings. Wow. So that's, that's a huge... extremely surprising to me. Which seems kind of stupid for a movie theater, you know what I mean? But hey, I, I mean, I guess there's probably some sort of reasoning for that. Um, you know, and then you also have stuff... Uh, you have stuff like, um, you know, the... Not only do they have rent, the theaters actually have to make payouts to the to the movie companies because they share a part of the revenues that are made at theaters. You know what I mean? Like they have certain percentages sure, that they yeah. use. Like opening weekend, usually ninety percent of the revenue goes to the studio and you know ten percent to the theater, with the exception of stuff like Star Wars, where all the revenue goes to the studio. But um, but nevertheless, um, you know, you sort of have a lot of these uh elements coming at play and sort of coming to a head at this at, at this exact moment um and you know if this yeah. would have happened maybe in a year or two from now or a year or two ago it might have been a different scenario but um but yeah as a result of that uh basically i don't know if you guys heard about this as well amc uh laid basically laid off or furloughed all of its staff including its executives meaning its ceo everyone and so they basically their whole in, in company is furloughed at this point and they're basically uh, hemorrhaging, I think it's something like a couple hundred thousand dollars uh, a day or, or a week or something like that. Every week, they're they're basically spending money just to keep all their assets in place, even though there's no income. And they basically said that if that continues into, um, I want to say May or the beginning of July, basically, they're going to have to file for bankruptcy at that point. Um, Damn. So, I mean, that's insane. But I mean, I have to assume that's most theater chains right or just like they're just spending all this money to pay for rent and stuff i i i think it's a little bit different yes um in a lot of scenarios but i think it's uh a little bit different for amc just because they're so big and they have so mm -hmm. much debt like for instance i think cinemark is one of the next biggest chains i don't think cinemark is as likely to close because they probably have uh you know sort of rein themselves in a little bit you know what i mean whereas amc is just kind of going hog wild with everything and spending all this money <laughs> you know and and so i think it's again i'm i'm by means no expert on any of this stuff this is just what i've gathered and, and what i've read about um but uh i think it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out because um if for instance if amc is able to defer their their payments to the studios um for you know their cut of the revenues or whatever even though there is no freaking revenue right now um, yeah. that might extend their shelf life a little bit, you know, and, and also maybe they're just going to have to make hard decisions. And, and I mean, again, I've got two AMC theaters that are five miles from me, you know, yeah. and it's like, you don't need, to, you, you just don't need that. So, you know, maybe they'll have to make some hard decisions like that, but yeah, I want to hear what uh, you guys have to say about all this. Yeah. I mean, I mean you, I... Might, you might go from two to zero. <laughs> I mean, as long as I have one around me, that's fine. <laughs> Yeah. I just I don't even know if other chains chains like Cinemark have even half the number of locations that AMC does. Exactly. Um, obviously, I don't have those numbers, but just based on how it is <laughs> here in LA, mm -hmm. AMC at least doubles. Oh yeah, I mean I can I can guarantee you that they have a significantly uh, larger number of theaters than than right. any other chain. So that's why I feel like it's it it's not surprising that um they might be in this scenario where others might not be quite as put out by this. Obviously, mm -hmm. everyone's put out by now because no one 
can go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see like what happens with AMC and then also if that does then open the door for these other chains like Regal and Cinemark, like will they take over the AMCs if AMC does bankrupt or how is that gonna work? Yeah, that's gonna be tricky. I think I think the one thing that maybe that maybe might happen is um someone might buy out AMC. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, not many companies have the the sort of um, backing to be able to do that. Um, you know, I've I heard wonder people, if Disney might. It's, that's what I was just gonna say. I've heard people say that Disney uh, might. Honestly, though, uh, I I don't think that's gonna happen just because Disney stock has been taking a tumble as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and all the parks and the cruise lines and all the huge chunks of revenue from those aspects of their business strategy that are missing now. Um, you know, maybe if they were really, really healthy, but you know, they also spent four billion on Marvel and bought Star Wars, you know, and 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 this and that for the last ten years. So they're still sort of even recuperating uh, their invet from those investments. Um, but one of the things I was thinking about is is what about Apple? Right? Apple yeah. has the ability. Check this out. Apple has the ability <laughs> in terms of pure wealth and 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 uh, stock power that they could buy Disney outright. Five times over. Think wow. about that for a second. So, so you know, and with with Apple uh, making a play at, at at streaming and movies and TV, maybe you know they're looking for an outlet to uh, to put their stuff out theatrically. Right, but isn't it that same dilemma? Like studios aren't allowed to own movie theaters, right? Actually, that uh, that was reversed last year. So yeah. that's that's the Shit, wasn't yeah. It? So yeah. I can't remember what the name of of the the the, the thing was that that prohibited. Um, I think we actually talked about it. We on, did. On, yeah, yeah, we we talked. Gosh, I can't for the life of me. I'm sure one of our listeners is just screaming at the freaking <laughs> thing right now, saying, "You idiot! You talked about it." But um, but yeah. So that's what's really interesting, though, is you know, or maybe even Netflix. Like Netflix has been slowly I was trying to say Netflix, yeah, creep into the theater game too. You know, um, I know that they Netflix bought. Netflix is losing a lot of money right now. They are. And that's a big problem is they're spending so much on their content. They're very much in the same scenario as AMC, except everybody's able yeah. to stream right now. So their business is thriving as opposed to AMC's, which isn't, you know, and and it's interesting how thin the margin that uh, that that margin is yeah. between being successful and being near bankruptcy in the, in the entertainment industry. It's really, really fascinating. But um, but yeah, I could see potentially something like that happening. I also you know what if uh, what if AMC theaters were just to 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 shutter entirely? That would be a really um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what ha- what would happen there because there's not many options of theaters in my fucking area. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, I'd have yeah. to go to like all. I'd, I'd have to go all the way to. Oh yeah, I guess I could go to fucking Arc like in Hollywood. But other yeah. than that, it's like it's the Alamo Draft House all the way yeah. in downtown. It's like yeah, yeah. And then you know, I mean, this is on a. On a uh, on a on a macro level, on a, on a micro level, you know, let's talk about theaters like you know, for instance, the Vista or or the New Beverly or all these little little you know boutique theaters, if you will, yeah, that are also struggling too. I mean, it's the situation is probably even worse for them. Yeah, I the we've talked a lot about like the studio concept of like what's going to happen with coronavirus, but like. The studios aren't going to have anywhere to put their fucking movies out to if all these theaters go under. Yeah, exactly. And and go ahead, Lauren. I just the the uh, th- the law, whatever we were talking about, is mm-hmm. the Paramount Consent Decree. Thank you. Yes, the Paramount so, Consent I, Decree. I mean, but that being overturned, 
could, you know, if AMC does shutter, studios could start opening their own theaters for mm-hmm. their own film distribution if they have nowhere else to turn. I don't know. Yeah. You know what would be smart? I mean, this is not an, an ideal scenario, but smart from a business perspective. If I was a suit, I'd say, okay, if AMC goes out of business, we're not going to buy out the theater. We're going to wait till they till they basically just leave these buildings empty. And then we're going to buy up the buildings and refurbish them and call them our theaters now. And you know what I mean? Obviously, that's a real shitty scenario, but that's capitalism. (laughs) That's our country, you know? So, yeah, um, it's unfortunate, but it's also the the, sort of the name of the game. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's, you know, obviously, like we said last time, things will keep developing and uh, and the situation will evolve, you know, and it's just a matter of, of I think at this point how how soon can we stop the bleeding? You know, how, how, how soon can we stop the hemorrhaging and, and, and start to sort of, uh, sort of patch up, you know, everything. Um, and I don't know if anybody really knows that yet still. Yeah. I mean, universal just extended their closure for their theme parks through May 31st on both coasts. So. Yep. Yep. And just to, just, just to follow up, I did pull up the numbers. They have 4.9 billion in debt and they're currently valued at 327 million. Um, so oh, wow. they're only, the so that, yeah, so they're, they're only about, uh, you know, 4.5 billion, uh, you know, to go. Not, Jeez. not too bad. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently it says AMC can still reopen under chapter 11. Um, but uh, that's because they'll probably be deemed what they call critical vendors. Um, but so they're more in debt then at that point. Right? Yeah, they got to get like another. Yeah, they'll just have to get like a loan, mm-hmm. a loan or a partner, or like I said, just sort of start to pare down some of their business. You know, maybe you just focus on 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 uh, domestic theatrical stuff as opposed to international at this point. Even though international is such a huge um, chunk of the pie these days. So yeah, it's fucking. That's wild, man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, international will kind of depend on how things are happening around the world, too, though. Like, even if they're able to reopen here, you know, everything's so back and forth with China still um, mm-hmm. that if, like, that's another, if that's their main overseas revenue, that might not open until yeah. after we do. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and it's also saying well, here, too, in the in the article real quick, it says... Um, that AMC and the and the the studios aren't really necessarily reopening uh, open to reopening until they can open in big markets like New York and LA um yeah. you know and obviously right. internationally as well so that's i think a huge indicator uh because even if even if most of the the um the country or the world is locked down if certain markets can be open at least there's some sort of revenue there you know what i mean yeah. Um, so it's. I think it's what we're going to end up seeing is something to that effect, where it's a little bit of a step by step process, not necessarily dipping our toes in too much um, until yeah. you know people feel safe, I guess, to go back out and do stuff. Yeah, I mean, opening up in here and New York makes a lot more sense than like, oh man, fucking Fargo, North Dakota got released from quarantine. Let's open a theater. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we'll get we'll get ten dollars in ticket sales. Yeah, it'll be great. It'll be amazing. <laughs> um. Yeah, and it's just again, it's so fascinating to me how the theatrical market is and the the film industry is just completely fucked right now, and nobody's like nobody's really doing anything about it, and yet all people are doing is watching the stuff that the industry makes, and I, it's just the the irony of that is um is kind of baffling to me. Where it's like you guys realize that if we don't do something about this, 
that, uh, you know, all this stuff you're watching is not going to be the way it ever was before. It's going to yeah. be completely oh, different. Yeah. Um, in terms of the yeah, quality, man. the quantity, what you can see, what you can't see, it's going to be harder to find. It's just a whole puzzle box of, you know, bad scenarios. So, yeah, people are going to have to start watching things they never wanted to watch. You know what I mean? They're going to go through all the good things and then be like, oh, shit, guess I'm fucking. God. Remember, remember the... all of the 11 seasons of The Bachelor or whatever the fuck <laughs> You'll rewatch all six seasons of Lost. Um, but seriously, though, it's funny how, uh, how at one point we were like complaining about how we have too much stuff to watch. And then when we get to that point, it's going to be really fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, thankfully, there is still so much to watch. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, like, there are still a lot of shows I haven't seen yet. So, hopefully, they last lot, me forever. There's a lot that hasn't been released yet, still, that is yeah. still going to be released. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I have a feeling it'll hopefully all work itself out, but it's, uh, you know, it's not going to be without its rough, its rough patches. So, for sure. We'll start opening movie speakeasies, man. We'll just, like, Dude. we'll break into an abandoned building and put up a giant project, like, projector and charge yeah. people, like, five bucks to get in yeah and then we will do it we gotta we gotta have like a like a table with like some shitty brews um, yeah like a crafty we, table yeah exactly but it's all I just, mean, it's just all beer and liquor we yeah. do have uh stuff to brew stuff at my house Ooh, so we it. have equipment we to make that happen and Now's then we the time. Can use all the funds from our movie speakeasy to make our own movies there we go so, yeah we'll let you guys know when we when we open up these fucking speakeasies <laughs> Seriously, that it's just—it's actually just a speakeasy, but we also happen to show a, a movie while we're there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, um, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't—I feel like you know, until we have more information or you know, we see how things develop, it's kind of hard to uh, to really dive in any more than we have. Yeah, man, it would be very weird to see uh, one of the biggest chains that I've grown up with almost my entire life just be gone. Yeah, yeah. all of my. Midnight movie premieres pretty much have been yeah. at an AMC, like ninety five percent of them probably. Wow. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I I have a fun little bit of unrelated, slightly unrelated trivia hmm. for our listeners who might not have tuned into what I was tuned into before we started recording. Um, <laughs> just to end on a fun note, uh, Taika Waititi has been doing a um like a Thor watch along on Instagram live today. Um, And he started it right before we started podcasting. So I haven't watched the whole thing, but he started off by showing some concept art for love and thunder. Nice. Um, Who knows if it's real or not, but (laughs) he showed, he showed Meek um, in clothes. Nice. Uh, Nice. Meek's new outfit. Also fun fact, did not know. Meek is a girl, apparently. Yeah. I he's, love he these mentioned just, like decisions he's making on the fly because he can. No, yeah. I think he I think <laughs> he mentions that always... in the Yeah, I'm pretty sure he mentions that in the commentary for Ragnarok. Okay. I don't remember oh, really? that, but yeah. um he also it's so listeners, if you see this going around, it's clearly not true. But he also <laughs> snuck in a, a, a fake script page in there. Um that uh brings the ter- return of tony stark um he's all but i watched you die <laughs> yeah and so he's funny. like well science brought me back and uh <laughs> also everyone else is coming back oh and we known as the avenger <laughs> that's ridiculous uh, that's yeah it's pretty funny it was pretty great and he showed like um new asgard's concept art too nice so. nice 
That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I guess thank you everybody for listening to Pop Pop the Pop Culture Podcast. Uh, we're going to keep doing this shit over Google Hangouts or Skype or Zoom or whatever is working okay that day. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Lauren, where can everybody find you on social media? I am at underscore Miss Pixie underscore on Instagram. Beautiful. Taylor Salen, what about you? Well, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Taylor Salen. Uh, obviously, been on there a little bit more. Been trying to actually tweet a little bit more. What? Um, yeah, I've been trying to throw my, my two cents in, in the world out there. Um, yeah, so that's where you can find me at. Beautiful. And I'm the LA Nerd. You can find me everywhere on the internet at I'm the LA Nerd, Instagram. Not really Twitter, but I am there and YouTube. And that's all. Thanks, nerds. See you next time.